Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Joanna Fortune joins us once again for our parenting slot afternoon, Joanna. Good afternoon. Uh, right, here's the first question. Now, this is a, a somewhat edited down version of a much longer question uh, that was sent in to us. Our 11 year old son has had a really tough time making and holding on to friends in recent years. He is a kind, funny, sensitive, chatty boy full of life. He can be a little quirky with a sense of humour and he loves making people laugh. He's football mad and it's his go-to when he's feeling emotional about something. He became friendly with a group of boys a couple of years ago and after some ups and downs, he felt accepted by them. Not long after my son became friends with these boys, the cracks started showing. It seemed these boys were laughing at my son rather than with him and my son would often come home from school asking, Mum, how can I make them like me more? They have physically pushed him around, teased him for being small, telling him he's a useless footballer and just being generally cruel. I get that boys will be boys, but this has gone way past that. It came to a head recently when a photograph was shared in a few WhatsApp groups among the kids with comments claiming my son is gay. He's so upset and says it was the worst day of his life and is still getting remarks from his classmates about it. I've explained this to his teacher, who has been keeping a closer eye on him in school, but his football coach didn't really want to know about it. I spoke to the boys' mothers, but I don't think they're taking it very seriously, and their son's behaviour hasn't improved since. I would love to hear any advice, and now I can help my son through all of this. His self-esteem is really low. Oh my gosh. Crikey. There are layers and layers to this that I want to just, as you know, within the time we have to gently peel back on this. The whole boys will be boys. I'm glad it's in inverted commas in the way this came because mm. this is not a real thing. You know, I just want to, like, boys yeah, will be boys. Yeah. This isn't a thing. It's certainly not an excuse, nor is, is it an explanation for ba- what is bad behaviour. It's yeah. just not. You know, we really have to begin to challenge those stereotypes and norms if we're going to affect change in, in our boys' self-esteem. And, you know, the, the, the Dove self-esteem research shows us, like, 57% of boys between 10 and 17 report very low levels of self-esteem. This is a very serious issue. It's a huge amount. So we really do need to address this and take it seriously. And So just want to challenge the boys will be boys thing. And I do think this parent is too, hence it's in inverted commas. There's a lot here though, Sean, about um, a little boy who is funny and kind and sensitive and full of life and a bit quirky, loves making people laugh. He sounds like a joy. He sounds Mm. lovely. And then a couple of things jump out at me that he has something that is his go-to when he's feeling emotional about something. Now, there's a really positive in that, that A, he has identified when I feel a certain way, this helps me. But it also raises the issue for me that there are times this kid gets overwhelmed emotionally and he has had cause to find a thing that helps him. Right. So, there's, you know, just to kind of say that, that this, you know, and it's the sensitive piece that's jumping out because sensitive children tend to feel the world at a deeper level. You know, it's Mm. not a bad thing at all. Sensitivity gets a bad rap out there. It's often dismissed as, oh, you're so sensitive or you need to toughen up. Sensitivity can be a superpower, but it's it's hard when you're a kid. You know, it really is. And we've had this before with sensitive kids. But he became friendly with this group just a couple of years ago. And that kind of I'm 
you know, even ballpark around nine years old. That's really that stage of childhood when our children, especially boys, girls can start doing it at seven. I'm generalising. There's always an exception to the rule. But boys tend around nine to settle into their, you know, little friendship cluster groups. And with some movement, that'll be their friends through school then, at least through primary school. And we'll see change again in secondary school. And I'm curious what appealed to him about these friends. Why these friends? Are these the so-called popular kids at school? Are these the kids who are seen as cool or, you know, I really want to be in with that crowd? Or do you really think he has stuff in common with these boys? A reason and a basis for the connection? Or are there other kids he might have more in common with in the class that you can begin to highlight and ask, get curious about? And I wonder about this kid and I would you've had these boys over to your house. Could you suggest he invite other kids over? Now, I'm usually the one mm. saying we we shouldn't insert ourselves into our kids' friendships, but let them negotiate it and work it through. But this is a different feel for me. This isn't about a friendship glitch. When I read physically pushed around, teased for being small, telling him he's a useless footballer, which is already flagged as his safe emotional space. Yeah. And that's being challenged and being generally cruel. This is reaching the threshold of bullying for me. And that's not OK. And as the parents, as the adults involved in this situation, we do need to step in. So then what jumped out for me, Sean, was this a few WhatsApp groups among the kids. Now these... Yeah, it's gone wider than that then. These are 11 year olds. Yeah. These are not 15, 16 year olds. These are 11 year olds. So the few WhatsApp groups among kids, I was curious about this genuinely. Um, Are, you know, is this a Are these school WhatsApp groups? Like, is this all the class? Is it formally everyone in the class is in this? Is it a means of sharing homework or assignments? Is it used in that way? Or is this something the kids have casually set up themselves? Because, you know, I'm always curious with WhatsApp groups that are somewhat connected to school. And I say somewhat because it's worth knowing your school's policy on this, because some schools explicitly state we have no responsibility and nothing to do with WhatsApp groups if parents choose to set them up. That's the parents thing. If kids are in them, they're your kids. It's also nothing to do with the school. I'm actually surprised. I know there are parents WhatsApp group. Would they put kids in them? Me too. No, I'm I was surprised at that too, so I was really curious about it. So I would want to know is this actually all the kids in the class? Is there some kind of even informal school component to it? Go to your school, ask what their WhatsApp policy is. And I think any parents whose kids are in WhatsApp groups, be really aware if your kids are in WhatsApp groups that might have 10, 15, 20 or upwards kids in it, you need to be watching what's being communicated in those groups, the types of messaging and how that's going. And CyberSafe Ireland have really good guidance and information on that. And I think that's a useful resource for people to be aware of as well. And I know his. you're saying here his teacher... Um, has been keeping a closer eye on him in school. Now, again, that's a little vague for me because I don't know what does Mm. that mean. You you know, if his classmates are calling him names, is that happening in class, in school time, on school property? Because keeping an eye may not be enough. If this is all of the kids he's in school with, if it's happening in the schoolyard or in the school day or in some kind of a school related WhatsApp group, I think you need to go back and talk to your teacher about this and say that this actually is happening within the school environment. And I know that word is quite big and broad um, because there there is a bigger piece for this um, there. I mean, the the football... Well, the, yeah, the football coaches. I'm kind of guessing that a lot of this, his social life is, is centred around football. <laughs> Maybe some of these lads are also uh, playing football exactly, as well. Exactly, as well. And I think, you know, it's one thing for the football coach. I don't want to know about it 
you're just here to play football. Let's just play football and not be getting involved in any yeah. of that stuff. At the same time, if this is happening on the pitch, at training, in the around football practice, then you need to know what's the club's bullying policy. Yeah. Because any club that works with kids will have You'd policies have about one. this. Yeah. Well, you would think mm. they'd have one and if not, they really should. But ask for the club policy around this. Um, and then, Sean, like there's this thing that really surprises me. I think we take for granted that we're living in a much more tolerant and inclusive society now. And then you get these kind of reminders that, you know what? We've a long way to go. That when a child is, and we're talking about children here, when a child is being called gay in a way that is intended to shame or embarrass or humiliate them, that's deeply problematic at multiple levels. Yeah. Like we, it, it highlights again as parents, we cannot take for granted that, oh, sure, look at, we're living in a much more tolerant society now. I don't need to be talking about that. Kids know all about that. Not true. We need to be challenging this language. We need to be talking about what real inclusivity is, what real equality is, and really parenting our kids in an environment of tolerance. So the parents who didn't seem interested or didn't really want to take it very seriously, I think you need to go back to them again. I feel like I'm putting an awful lot onto this parent who wrote yeah, in. Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, the thing, well, I suppose if, if it wasn't gay, it would be something else, some other word. Yeah. Uh, but there seems to be kind of part, one of the many problems this parent, fa- parent faces is that the other parents... They don't want to, no one wants to be told your little Johnny is a bully. Oh, no, no, nobody wants. I mean, we often talk about what it's like and how should we cope when our children are being bullied. It's a much tougher and more confronting conversation about what should we do when our child is the bully. But this is bullying behaviour and it really needs to be nipped in the bud now when these kids are young. And as parents, you still have so much influence and so much capacity to turn this around and really challenge because they're so young that we need to make sure that they know that what they're doing is having this effect on their friend. And it's okay as kids if you decide, I don't really feel a connection with the child. I don't really have a lot in common with that kid. I don't think we're actually friends. That doesn't mean you get to be mean. Yeah, it doesn't them. mean yeah. you get to bully that kid as a means of expressing that. If you don't want to be friends with somebody, there are other ways of dealing with it. And I think if you sit down with your kids and say, look, and is the parent again, I really do feel I hope you have someone in your life supporting you as well with this because I'm putting an awful lot onto you, is to go back to the parents and say, I know we had a casual conversation about this and you said you'd address it. I'm just letting you know nothing has changed and I'm having to take this further and involve other parties like school and the football club. And if I'm a parent hearing that, I'm sitting my child down and going, don't let this get in the way of school and football. Mm. We need to talk about it. Yeah. But I do think it needs to be challenged. Yeah, to be clear, like the school has to have a bullying policy and the school has to act on that bullying policy. Absolutely. The the fudgy area, though, Sean, for that is, is this happening on school property in school hours? Mm. Because the policy may not have the scope to address what's happening outside. And that's why I think you need to talk with the school at a minimum, make them aware, because whether it's happening in the classroom or not, all of these kids are sitting in the classroom together. So that vibe, that tension, that feeling is in the room. And as the teacher, I would want to know that. I would want to know, okay, what's happening? I may not be able to get involved in what's happening at a school, but I can act on the tension in the room. I can address this in a positive and proactive way about talking about inclusivity, talking about tolerance, talking about bullying. 
in the classroom, I can address these themes and in themselves that can be very helpful. But I think as well, parents need to be aware of this WhatsApp group thing because sometimes kids are writing messages and they're not aware of the impact that their words, their written words are going to have on the person who reads them. Or what is it like to log on and have 26 unread messages all slagging you off? God, so and, we, think, and we've seen some dire results from, from that kind of activity absolutely. before. Absolutely, and that's why I think past. we do take it seriously. I think you know as well. You know, this mum is also, or this uh, yeah, uh, this mum is also asking about how can you help your son and really focus on the self esteem piece. I think it's spending lots of time with him, accepting and empathising with what he's going through, letting him know when he comes home and saying, "I'm having the worst day ever," that he's feeling badly because this is a really difficult situation. So how he's feeling matches the the context. Mm. Let him talk it all through out loud and then do sit and say, what would you like me to do about this? Is there something you would like me to do? Are you happy for me to step in or what's going to be the best thing to support you and really start to show interest and curiosity in other kids? Because this there's been cracks in this friendship group from the start. This has never been a good friendship group for your son. These are not kids who are good for him. So spotlighting other kids and trying to I'm going to use this word carefully, but semi, I, I, I want to say orchestrate, but I'm going to say yeah. structure. But everyone yeah. listening, you know exactly what I mean with yeah. that. Um, some other play opportunities for him. Mm. Yeah, we're, uh, we're different people. A uh, yeah. few comments on this. There's a given out going on here, I'm afraid. Uh, mm. You're living in a bubble, says the texter. Yes, children of 11, uh, 11 are in groups and social media. I have three children under 15 Please tell me how I can not only monitor all of their movements online, but also the 50 online work related and life based online requirements just to get me through a normal week, uh, says one text. I assume they mean they have to do a job as well as try and monitor your children. I know. I didn't say it was easy. Extremely difficult to do. Uh, Why lie and say boys won't be boys? Fighting, robbing, vandalising, risk taking, breaking into places is all common male teenage behaviour, not female. Why deny this? I don't think anyone was denying it. No, it's just not an excuse. Um, mm. I think, you know, when we're, we have to be careful about kind of dismissing or minimising certain behaviour traits on the basis of Asherit's boys, mm. we still need to challenge that. Yeah, and on that point, uh, someone says, Sean, if it was my young lad, I'd tell him he needs to break one of their noses. Mm. Problem solved. New problem opened. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's not. But I think, you know, I do understand that kind of bare instinct that gets aroused in us as parents when we think of someone upsetting or distressing our child. You are like, well, just get in there and sort it out. Actually, it's really about attuning to what this child's experience of it is. And he's having a really hard and difficult time. Mm. But, you know, the social media stuff and WhatsApp group stuff is not easy. But these are young kids. These are not yeah. teenagers. These are young kids who have to learn how to interact and communicate respectfully online. They have to learn that and they'll get it wrong before they get it right. So they need us there to support them with it. Yeah. Uh, somebody else says, proving again why kids shouldn't have this technology. Well, uh, well, difficult to put the genie back in the box, I think. Uh, someone else says, change his school, change his teams. It won't improve. Schools do nothing ever. Sounds like someone who has perhaps had an experience like that. had a really negative experience. We don't know, of course, where this person lives and whether they've got the option of doing that. You know, and I know I can understand going, should I be looking at this? I mean, these kids are going to be making a school transition in a year or two anyway. Yeah. Do you know, so it may not be a feasible thing to do. And what we want is to make sure that that child knows that the problem was accepted and understood. So he's not carrying that with him because there's no point in moving his school and he carries all of that impact and negative tension with him to the next school because it's not going to help him. Yeah. 
But of course, then you're going into a bigger school and that has yeah. its challenges as well. Crikey. Right, uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We do have to take a break. We'll have more uh, talk uh, with Joanna after this, including a two-year-old terrified of the doctor. Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cent. Uh, a few uh, a few comments on the, the, the previous question we had. This was uh, um, a question that Joanna was dealing with for an 11-year-old uh, who's getting some fairly serious bullying, mostly through a WhatsApp group, though in, in, in real life as well. Uh, Robbie on Twitter says, I think that that parent should go to the club's committee for a coach to disregard a child of 11 is unacceptable. Uh, another texter says, boys will be boys is for when lads are doing stupid things like making towers out of Coke bottles or drawing moustaches on each other with a marker, not when they're bullying people or vandalising places. And someone else says, there is no school that encourages WhatsApp groups for students. You're only asking for trouble. Well, indeed, but I suppose uh, uh, they're... they're uh, they're doing that themselves. Rory says, I would expect more from the teacher than keeping an eye on it. As a teacher myself, I think zero tolerance for bullying is the only way. Get to the bottom of it and confront it rather than letting it fester. Schools have an array of policies for this. So this parent should not feel alone and use the support of the school that is there, even if they don't feel it right now. And uh, another text says, thanks so much for reading out my text. This is actually from the parent. Uh, really appreciate your advice. It's a class Snapchat group. Uh, my son was part of but he has come off it since his incident and he won't be back on Snapchat until at least secondary school Snapchat yeah gosh oh my goodness didn't think that was still a thing I know, so many, and again, you know, the kids have this belief about Snapchat, you know, that messages disappear and they're not forever. And yeah. you hear this. And again, it's about some about cyber education for us parents, by the way, as much as kids. You yeah. know, yeah. Right. Next question is this. My two year old daughter is terrified of doctors after a number of horrible experiences of having to have bloods and scans taken. Have you any advice as to how to help her as she's being referred for tests again? And the thought of it fills me with dread and anxiety at the thought of watching her suffer in so much fear. She won't even let the GP weigh her or take her temperature. Any advice appreciated? Oh, yeah. And I, I'm going to start with the parent here. You're going to have to regulate yourself calm because she is going to look to you instantly yeah. and read your dread and go, oh, it's even worse than I thought. There is no way I'm going to do this. I, If you haven't got one already and at two, you might not yet. Get a doctor's kit. Even um, I remember at that age, I think we got at home a little. It was a vet kit. So it was at one degree removed from it being people but we were able to you know take care of all the little cats and dogs and all the teddies and everything else mm-hmm. with the vet kit but normalising it let her bring her own stethoscope or her own little toy thermometer to the GP surgery so that she feels she's a part of it make sure you tell the GP ahead of time she's very nervous she's had a negative experience you know she she's likely to GP's deal with children all the time and they have seen this and if your GP doesn't have stickers and most GP practices Uh, I mean at this age stickers are really a currency have a few in your own pocket as well and she gets a sticker for for being brave even if she kicks and screams it's not about you know you Mm. get a sticker for being quiet you get a sticker (laughs) for being brave Um, and she gets that anyway but I think lots and lots of play at home where you normalise this kind of thing and reframe it as helping not hurting and children at two you're not going to sit down and talk to her about that but she will get it if you do consistent repeated play again don't include in the play 
kicking and screaming. Don't include what you don't yeah. want to see. Just focus on what you do want to see. Yeah. Uh, and the poor little thing having to go for a test. Yeah, it's really anyway, hard. And really hard thing. as a parent as well when you're so dreading that for your child. So I do really mean take care of yourself in it as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, this probably many people might feel this way. I'm dreading Easter. My 11-year-old was always a bit pudgy, but during the pandemic, she definitely put on too much weight and we had to get a handle on it. We introduced a no-treat policy during the week and we stuck to it rigidly. We only allow one chocolate treat and one savoury treat on the weekends and we all get out for at least 30 minutes exercise each day. She's lost most of the weight and we think she's developed a healthy attitude to food. However, she has already been given four Easter eggs and I know there are at least four more coming from granny, aunties, etc. Is it fair to deny her these when she's been so good at being healthy? Oh, you see now, this is going to come down to how do we each understand this word healthy? Okay, Um, because healthy is everything in moderation. It's not about exclusion. So it's not a case of no treats. It's really about, you know, we have enough. We don't have to eat four Easter eggs in one sitting. Many of us will this weekend. I'm not saying we should, though. Um, But I, I think you would be making a huge mistake to say you can't have Easter eggs because, you know, we're trying to eat healthy. I know you're going to say that, but what she is at 11 going here is you think I'm going to gain weight. Yeah, and yeah, you don't yeah. want to put an emotional charge around food. It sounds like you've got a really good system at home, at least most of the time. You know that this is an exceptional time of Easter. You might say that, you know, we're going to all limit ourselves to one Easter egg at a time or two Easter eggs or whatever it is. Or look, we've got so many. Why don't we melt them down and make crispy buns for the family? And that way you're all actually sharing the chocolate of the Easter eggs. But don't make it a big thing because this is this is a time for kids to enjoy and celebrate and chocolate is a part of this weekend. It's what we all talk about. But I do think that, you know, giving you 30 minutes of exercise as a family each day, just keep that up. Maybe do 40 minutes, 45 if you're really worried. But make it fun. Don't make it something like, well, we're eating Easter eggs. We better Mm. add 15 minutes exercise on. Make it a fun thing to do. But they seem to have done a good job so far in doing all that. The whole family are doing it. Yeah, and you know, there's nothing wrong with having no treat policy during the week and this is what we do at the weekends because you're being consistent and predictable about it. But just you have to allow for these special occasions like birthday Mm. parties or Easter and that's all a part of it. And, you know, when I say, you know, get out and do a little bit more exercise and make it fun, maybe just to be a bit more specific about that. I don't mean running laps or at least if you are, make that something playful. But when you're out, you know, add in a little bit of extra fun. Like every time we see a red car, we're going to jump up and down three times. Every time we see a bike, we have to run five steps forward, two steps back and then walk normally. Make it a little bit of an interactive experience Mm. so it's fun to be out moving. Yeah, indeed. I just... Like, I think every kid probably has that experience of like, you know, and, you know, well-intentioned relations oh, and I suddenly know. there's a ton of them. And, and you're then, saying, would you like to give a book instead? And yeah, like, no, nope, Easter egg it is. You have to kind of <laughs> hide them or put them on a high shelf. And like, I can remember last year, the six-year-old got, like she she got, I don't know how many she got. I can't, I, they were there for months afterwards yeah. anyway, but she but then she was snaking bits of it on the day. <laughs> and, then we, and then we noticed like she'd go, on, we have a swing in the back garden, she'd go out in the back garden. Normally like she'd swing on that for maybe five minutes and, uh, you know, then go off and do something else. But then we noticed like she was just swinging for an hour nonstop. <laughs> we thought that's where she's had too much chocolate. Uh, right, okay. That's what happens when, when we give it to her. Uh, my son is a bubbly, energetic, outgoing child. However, he's quite sarcastic and mouthy. Sounds like my kind of guy. He's getting in trouble in school. I've noticed other kids in the playground don't like it. I've tried explaining sarcasm to him, but it's such an adult concept that I don't think he understands what the issue is. 
He just thinks he's being funny. He's six, and I think he's learned it from TV shows he watches, mostly cartoons, but there are characters that can be sassy. I also don't want him to not be himself or to change how he naturally communicates. Is it a problem or should I just let him be? I mean, it's a little yes and a little no on this because, mm. you know, you're thinking, I don't know how to explain sarcasm. I mean, sometimes we're thinking ourselves, I know what it is when I hear it and see it, but how would I put that into words? And really it comes down to it's when you say something, but you mean the opposite. Yeah. And you yeah. can say that to kids, this is what it is. And, you know, in lots of ways that you're saying here this I don't want to change how he naturally communicates oh I'm challenging that I'm going to say you're going to have to actually change how he's naturally communicating and I'm not sure it's natural if you think he's mirroring it from TV yeah just to put that out there um, he does you need, it's, it's really not about saying don't be sarcastic um, it's more about putting a boundary because actually you know Sean this is developmentally appropriate at this age kids do go through a phase of natural sarcasm at this age and they may not mean it to be mean but it can be because when you think about it yourself sarcasm at its core is hostility masked as humour yes I mean there's always an edge to it yes of course and if you say it to someone who gets and appreciates the edge and what you're doing they may laugh along with you but it's very easily to offend or hurt somebody's feelings with sarcasm and particularly if you're using it more often than you're not so I do think putting a boundary around it there's a time and a place for it you know those are things you can say at home because we know you we know what you're like and how what, how you mean it and we can find the humour in it it also by the way gives you an opportunity at home to go oh whoa that was too far do you know what you said the other day was funny but that felt a bit mean to me and I'm mm. letting you know you've hurt my feelings make sure that you're reflecting back to him the impact it has you could also play with it a bit and practice that he can direct the sarcasm at objects not people so he can blame the fork or the spoon or the, he can slag off an object but not a person and that's the boundary you put on because you do want to point out to him that words can be funny but words can also hurt people and we never want to hurt people. And I'm just picking up here that the kids in school, they don't like it. It's already kids go, no, that's not nice. Mm. What you don't want is this becomes a situation where kids are like, I don't want to play with you because you don't make me feel very good. Yeah. Yeah, because you would wonder, he, he likes, you know, he sees people on TV doing it and he thinks it sounds kind of clever. So he's going, yeah, sure, I'd like to play football. But, he, you know, he doesn't mean it in that way at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, yeah, "Yeah, you're so cool, not. Um, And that is that kind of, you know, that edgy humour that kids do appreciate. But at the same time, when they're repeating something they've seen or heard on a TV show or from another person, often that's a bid to make better understanding of it, you know, to Mm. kind of go, oh, well, I don't really get it. Let me try it out and see what reaction it gets so I can better understand it. So I think if you go, oh, look, I know you and I know you're trying to be funny, but I need you to hear that really hurt my feelings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose it's just a It's a gentle yet firm thing. It's about putting a boundary on, but it actually isn't unusual. Kids this age do explore a little sarcasm developmentally. Yeah. Uh, on Easter eggs, uh, we told our lads years ago when they got silly amounts of eggs that they could choose two and we could give the rest to, home, to a homeless shelter. Yeah. Now there must be even more places to donate. That's a Absolutely. good suggestion. That's a really good suggestion. Somebody else says something similar. We only allowed to keep two or three Easter eggs. We, the rest we had to give to charity. It was a great way to limit the amount while reminding us how lucky we were yeah. compared to uh, some of the kids. <laughs> Gavin says, there's a Father Ted episode that deals with sarcasm, if that's any help. You never I know, it might know be. the exact one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Might be a help. Uh, my young son is obsessed with me, his mother, and won't let his father do anything for him. He will only allow me tasks like bath time, bedtime, cutting his food and even taking him for a walk. It's getting exhausting because I physically don't have the time anymore to do everything. I'm also worried about the relationship that he's building between my son and his father. I want them to be close. What should I do to make them le- make him less reliant on me? Now, I don't know exactly how old this child is, but I'm inferring ballpark 18 months, maybe yeah, 20 yeah. months, just based on all the things you're, d- the way you describe what you're doing for him. And, you know, we, we've, you know, I, I think I remember something vaguely like this, um, a, a number of months back now, but we were really thinking then about how this is normal. I feel like I say that a lot, so I don't want anyone <laughs> to think I'm minimising when I say it's normal, because just because something is developmentally normal doesn't mean it's easy as a parent yeah. and there are still things that we can do about it but it is very typical for very young children this age and this toddler age to show what appears like overt preferential treatment for one parent over another yeah. equally in childcare settings what you might find is with one of their minders or, or you know early years educators they'll say they'll have a preference seemingly for one over the other really what's happening is I like the way you sound I like the way you smell I like the way I feel when I'm with you it's very egocentric it's You are meeting my needs exactly as they are now. And so what we tend to see is that this swaps. It can be predominantly, this is a mum writing in, it can be predominantly the mum, you know, uh, this kind of infancy, even 12, 18 months, and then over two, even two and a half, three, it can switch to the other parent. And sometimes that's, it depends on how, how you both are at home. One of you may be really up there with the nurture stuff and lots of the hugs, the kisses and all of that kind of play. And the other one might be more let's go kick a ball and jump and shout. Ideally, we're each doing Mm. both of that, you know, so the child knows my needs can be met equally by either of you. But what you might find is as your child's needs change, the seeming preference they have for one or other of you is going to shift as well. And I don't mean just lie in wait there and it'll happen because what you can also <laughs> do is you can also kind of orchestrate situations where, oh, look, I've got my hands covered in something right now. Go ask other parent to do that. Or, oh, can you take that over? Can you help him with that? That you tag each other in and you're re-emphasizing to your child by redirecting them to the other parent that the other parent can do that for you. Actually, you have another parent, they can do that for you. By the way, you still have another parent, they can do that for you. And you redirect, redirect. Also have him and his dad spend time together away from you. Um, You'd be delighted to hear that. Joanna on the radio said, I have to have time alone. So off you go Mm. (laughs) while you go off and do whatever you need to do. But I do think that's important that when you're not there, his dad is his option yeah, and that you're yeah. re-emphasising the connection that way. It's going to happen anyway itself, but there are those practical things that you can do. It really is about redirecting at that age. Somebody says, why not ask, this is about the Easter eggs again, why not ask the kid to arrange his Easter eggs by best before date and he'd say one a week until they're finished unless they all have the same best before you date. Then... massive input <laughs> control on that. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> uh, Joanna, thanks a million. Thank As you. ever, uh, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Talk. We're going to take a break after that at Home with the Bin Ladens. Moncrief on Talk With Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.